Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Movie Mondays here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. I am your host, Sean Meehan, and joining me is a very special guest, Miss Orla Smith. Hi, I'm not Connor Lawler. You're not Connor Lawler, thank God. The prick. Now, Connor is away. Mm-hmm. If you didn't listen to last week's Movie Mondays or Weird News Wednesdays or Hero or Zero... Then uh, we don't need you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> turn this off right now, it's not for you. No, Connor is away... On holidays, we got a year, we did a year anniversary of the podcast and he decided he had enough and he left the country for a little while. So Arla is joining us this week and Arla was on our Captain Marvel episode. I was, yeah. An episode famed for one person reviewed it saying it was nice that someone knew what they were talking about. (laughs) So so this will be a riveting take through all of the week's movie I'm, and entertainment news. I'm so glad I started off so high that I knew what I was talking about. I can only go downhill. Oh, I think I've picked some specialist subjects for you this week. And we're going to do a quick run through. Apologies if this sounds a bit ropey, by the way. Uh, we're on one mic. But I think I've listened to worse podcasts. <laughs> We've started very well with yeah. one microphone. Connor is going... I. Dear Connor, I know that you're probably listening to this while you're on holiday. You take it. <laughs> you're probably so thrilled with us right now. I look forward to your texts. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start off with not the biggest news of the week. The biggest news of the week is a certain trailer mm-hmm. that dropped, mm-hmm. and we're all very excited about it. As oh. you know, we love that trailer on this show <laughs> and that franchise. 
one of us is more involved in that stuff. <laughs> there's be- a lot more. Because one of us has to be. Uh, but the first news of the week is that Joaquin Phoenix's Joker film mm-hmm. has hit $800 million at the box office, making it the biggest R-rated film of all time. Yes. Did it have much competition? Apart from, apart from Daredevil. <laughs> apart from... Deadpool. And Deadpool 2. And Deadpool 2. When I remember Deadpool coming out, it became the highest rated or rated film. Beating Logan? Yes, beating Logan, which was very, well, critically acclaimed as well. A better movie in many regards. I quite liked Logan, yes. Logan never said, look at my balls. (laughs) In the extended cut. (laughs) And Deadpool 2, which also stars Zazie Beetz. It does, yeah. So she is in the top two Highest grossing R-rated movies of all time. She's the Zoe Saldana of DC and Marvel R-rated movies. Indeed she is. Yes. And Star Trek. As Zoe Saldana is, uh, is in the top, uh, like, yeah, she's in all Avengers Endgames, she's in Star Trek, she's in Avatar... She yeah yeah she's in the top three. She loves being painted a different color. Yeah, she if only she has been into t- Titanic. <laughs> we just add her in. Um, oh, so according to Variety, uh, the R-rated movie got a total of ninety three and a half million dollars in its opening weekend, mm-hmm. which made it also the biggest October launch of all time, beating what movie that came out last year in October? That's uh, terrible. Uh, it was Hellboy. Venom. Oh right, yeah. Close though. How that came out in summer, actually. Yeah, it was meant to come out in October. I, I was pushing for that to come out in October, yeah. because why wouldn't you? Yeah, I thought it was meant to. Yeah, Venom was... It was it was okay, but it definitely isn't. Like, the amount of comic book movies that are now out and available in the last couple of years, you know... Yeah, like, Venom... This is a Venom review now, apparently. But Venom felt like it should have come out when Spider-Man 3 came out. Well... <laughs> I mean... Well, look, it did. It did. I think... I think Topher Grace was the best Eddie Brock. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong, internet. I also read about Joker, because it's just kind of the Joker section mm-hmm. of this podcast, that, um, you know the fridge scene? Yeah. Spoilers for Joker. There's a scene where he climbs into a fridge. <laughs> there's a fridge. <laughs> there's, a, there's a fridge. It's got a latch on it. We're all very confused. That fridge scene was improvised by Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, I remember hearing that. And I remember being, um, I was so proud of myself that I knew the fact that those fridges, the ones with the latches, are were discontinued. And you know, I only get magnetic fridges because a lot of kids used to go in and hide in them, playing hide and seek. Beating and the heat. Be, yeah, <laughs> pretending to be Indiana Jones before that movie <laughs> even came out. God, they were ahead of their time. They were so ahead of the time that um, you can't actually get out of them because they're a latch when you're inside. Okay. And a lot of children. So how did Joker get out? Uh, that's the thing. Was any of it real? <laughs> oh, was Zazie Beats real? Was Zazie Beats, is Zazie Beats real? real? <laughs> and also, uh, most of his dancing and stuff like that, that's mm-hmm. all Joaquin just doing his thing. Yeah, he's, um, that's how he started out. As a dancer? Yeah, I believe so. But they did hire in a choreographer. Like, okay. there, there was a whole thing that he was going to be kind of fluid mo- motion through the whole thing. And kind of... weird contortionist kind of stuff yeah but I believe that he was uh, him and his family comes from kind of a big uh, showbiz related family yeah Um, they used to dance on the street busking kind of oh that's cool yeah well I'm glad he made a career out of it I'm glad Joaquin Phoenix is doing well 
We're all glad that Joaquin Phoenix is doing well. Speaking of doing well, guess who's not doing well? I don't know. You have the running order for the show. It's Big Willy. <laughs> you remember Big Willy? From the 90s? <laughs> yes, I do. Well, he's not having... Two of him aren't having a good time oh, recently. Gemini Man. Okay. Gemini Man. So Gemini Man is a box office flop. Yeah. Is the news this week. Yeah. So perhaps the world just wasn't ready for two Will Smiths in the same movie. Uh, I, uh, Ang Lee's Gemini Man, an action spectacle where Will Smith fights a younger clone of himself, did paltry box office in America, but there was hope that the China release could save it. But, alas, that didn't happen. And it has suffered a loss of at least $75 million. Yes. And it's weird because Will Smith is... He, ha- he still has that draw for movies, I feel. Yes, but there is such a risk of that you always say, oh, well, this person, if you put them in a movie, oh, the movie can't fail. That, yeah. That just, like, that's not a thing that happens forever. Do you know, if you go back 10 years, he's like, well, this person, you put this person in a movie and it can't fail. It happened with Johnny Depp, quite famously. Yes, that, very true. That, like, oh, put a Johnny Depp film in, it can't fail. And then a slew of box office failures... Uh, just because one actor or actress or director or producer relying on one person does not a movie make. No, and that's... We're still seeing that happen. Like, we have... uh, We talked last week about the Doolittle trailer. Mm Mm-hmm. And is that... Do you think that's a case of put Robert Downey Jr. on it and it'll do well? Yeah, I do. But also, I think talking animal movies do quite well. That's fair. Yeah, I think they always tend to do quite well. Yeah, and it's a family movie coming out in the winter time. Yeah. So I guess it's going to be a, And it's a remake. It is a remake of it's the third... Eddie Murphy classic. I believe there was a Dr. Doolittle even before that. In the 60s, I think it was yeah. a book as well. Yeah, remake of a remake. But I do. I remember the Eddie Murphy ones. Oh, Dr. Uh, Doolittle 3 when it's his daughter. Oh, I do remember that, yeah. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, but that's another, like Eddie Murphy used to be a person that you put in any movie. You and, are so right. Yeah, and... Now he's coming back. He's um, Dolomite is coming out soon, and that's apparently very good. It's a, a faux documentary about uh, the making of Dolomite, which is a film that started the black exploitation movement. Oh, that's heavy for Eddie Murphy. No, black exploitation is comedy. Um, but is it like taking is it taking is saying this is bad, or is it just a, a look at the film? Oh uh, well, it's a look at the making of. It's um, Dolomite is kind of a famous movie for starting that movement. Um, and getting kind of a lot of auteurs, kind of black auteurs, especially in the American age. Right. Cool. The with regards to Will Smith, the Gemini Man is at a worldwide total right now of 118.7 million for a production budget of 138 million dollars. Mm, that's not good. No, and I imagine most of the budget went on Will Smith. Yeah. And the special effects. Because this movie, to its credit, it does high-speed footage with uh, de-aging and face mapping on other actors. But do you really, like, because I think those are kind of things that are coming out in the next, like, in the last five years, people are like, oh, we can really do some great de-aging, like we saw Samuel L. Jackson. For a whole movie. For a whole movie in Captain Marvel. Um, Like, and just because we can and they're a cool little trick, does that mean that we should make whole movies based around that premise? No. Well, you see, Gemini Man, the script for that was kicking around. For years and years and years. I believe that's a, a David a from 
uh, from Game of Thrones. David Benioff. David, David Benioff script. Yes, it was. He had he did have input on it. It de- and it definitely seems like his name was a hot name, you know, pre about four months ago. About four months ago, he was getting him attached to some things. I we've I don't think we've ever fully talked about Game of Thrones on this podcast because mm-hmm. I think it would just go on too long. Uh, yeah, uh, like. A man that you could have put a lot of faith in before the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, that was another thing of just the name Prince Money. Yeah. But maybe that money isn't dollars. It's... Candyland money. Yeah, not redeemable at Candyland. (laughs) Itchy and scratchy books. (laughs) There's our Simpsons (laughs) reference. Um... So, moving on to what could have been a flop, and now I'm cautiously optimistic for a certain blue hedgehog rolling around at the speed of sound, you if love, you will. You love giving hints about what movie we're going to do, yeah. and I just have to kind of guess. Well, well that, that hint is pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog movie. Wrong, it's Pokemon 2. <laughs> it's not a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, you're correct. So, do you remember the fallout from the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Was it... The Gangster's Paradise? Was it the weird CGI? Was it Dr. Eggman just doing the Scotty Don't thing from Austin Powers? I did not mind Eggman at all. Did that. you like do you like Jim Carrey Eggman? I love a Jim Carreyism. And like why not bringing some kind of Scotty Don't Mike Myers's kind of Because it, it you know what? Have fun with this movie. If like Yeah, it's never gonna win an Oscar. No, but the CGI was it was terrifying. He had baby teeth and the- weird, like, human eyes. Yeah. That's it. Is that you, like, you know about the Uncanny Valley. You you were the yes. one who educated me on that. Mm-hmm. So, it was it just too close to that valley? It was so wrong on so many levels. <laughs> we strayed far from God's path. We said, like, yeah, um... The thing is, Sonic has been around for a very long time and it's been in various, various medias as well. So, like, Sonic is a very clear-cut idea of... What he looks like. Yeah. Like, you you wouldn't, you know, create a cartoon character and then make a movie and then change the entire look of the character. If you kind of look at, say, the speaking of Pokemon, the Detective yeah. Pikachu movies, all the Pokemon look like the Pokemon. They look semi-more realistic and kind of... They've got fur. Yeah. They look kind of more in tune with their backgrounds and stuff. But they, you can look at a Pikachu and go, that's a Pikachu. It's a recognise... Even the yeah. silhouette My mom, My mum looking at any Pokemon and going, that's a Pikachu. <laughs> that cost me a shit ton of money that's, back in the day. <laughs> that's a Pikachu. That's a red Pikachu. That's a blue Pikachu. Flying Pikachu. Yeah. But Sonic, like... The eyes are a huge thing in Sonic. Yeah, I've got the picture here. I'm going to yeah. show it to you and then the audience. Use your theatre you of the mind. Yeah, no, he looks a lot more like Sonic. Yeah, he's got his... It's kind of like one eye but two eyes. Yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just his proportions are more Sonic-like and yeah. less childlike. It, it did look like a bit like a toddler. Yeah, it looked like yeah. a, a ripped toddler painted was... covered in blue fur. Also, there was that joke where James Marston was kidnapping a child at the end of the trailer. <laughs> is that still in the movie? But this uh, this is the news that uh, a Sonic redesign seems to have leaked in the form of kind of an advertising sign in a local cinema. Yeah, one of the cardboard cutout things that kind of just... Builds a bit of hype for the movie. Um, Sonic was originally supposed to be coming out 
in 2019, but it's been pushed back to February 14th, 2020 Mm -hmm. to facilitate the redesign. I don't know if any scene with Sonic in it, could you just put the new body, as it were, over that wireframe? Um, no. This is kind of, it's a complicated kind of one, and I don't, I don't know enough about kind of animation pipeline and creation to be like, yeah, sure, it's super easy. Whack it because, on. <laughs> because that's that's a problem in and of itself in the industry of like, yeah, you can do those visual effects in two days, can't you? Which um, is why we got Black which, Panther the way we did. With that fight at the end being weirdly not saturated. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> like how the studio that made Life of uh, Life of Pi, which is kind of arguably one of the best uh, special effects driven movies, went bankrupt after it. Yeah. Because special effects are hard and difficult and take a long time. So if they have to take as much time as they need to, so be it. Do that. Yeah. And, and take as much care and as as possible as... Because I doubt it's as simple as putting a thing over thing. <laughs> Just hide as, the other layer. Because I feel like some poor compositor somewhere is having a heart attack. And being like, I spent forever on that lighting, making the fur look realistic, making sure all the motion is right. Yeah. And, the, and that the backgrounds and foregrounds react to this character that we've designed. That's the thing, because you see the blue lightning and that lights up blue the things around it. You mm-hmm. see him cast a shadow on someone. Mm-hmm. I suppose, I, yeah. All that has to be yep, gone um, back through. Well, all the lights need to change on Sonic as well. That if there's light hitting him, it doesn't just hit one solid thing. It hits levels and curves and depth yeah. of a thing that is not there. Um, Terminator Dark Fate director Tim Miller mm-hmm. is an executive producer on this. And he said that he thought fans would be pleased with the redesign. Well, of course he'd say that. <laughs> he does have an investment in he's this. He's trying to sell a movie. <laughs> but do you think? Do, what do you think about studios listening to fans? Oh, well, I do think that's important. I do think that it is important that you don't just rush something out. Um, to, if it looks terrible, it did look terrible. It looked not good. Yeah. I liked... The mood of the trailer, I liked the Gangster's Paradise, but he just looked too weird. If it was regular OG Sonic, and that playing over it, yeah, I like. I've, I think that I'll wait until I see the movie. Uh, I'm like, I'm a big fan of some of the old Sega games, and uh, I'm even a fan of some of the old animations that they had. And there is a real oh. kooky campness to a lot of those cartoons. The Sonic Adventures cartoon mm-hmm. was gold. Also, I love Sonic Heroes on the PS2. That was my first video game. Oh, so Sonic has a big place in my heart. Oh, yeah, and I have a big place in his. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> so moving on to uh, Suicide Squad news. Mm-hmm. In that, do you remember actor, famed actor Joel Kinnaman? Yes, I do. Played Rick Flag in Suicide Squad. Well, he has come out and said that James Gunn's version of Suicide Squad, also called The Suicide Squad. Uh, will adopt a more comedic tone than the David Ayer Suicide Squad. It would have to, <laughs> really. Like, it really would have to. James Gunn is um, is a great director for his comedy. Like, and, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2 are very great superhero films. Yeah, and, and they're something different. And something different, and they're funny, and they're comedic. Like, they're very human. Yeah, and it's a ragtag group of misfits coming yeah. together in the team, which I think is the best way to describe Suicide Squad. Yeah. 
the original Suicide Squad was almost universally panned by critics, but for some reason was quite successful at the box office. Um, mainly because the ads for it were very good, if yeah, I recall. Yeah, the aesthetic's pretty good. It's, a, it's You know, Harley Quinn and Joker are... Was two of the most iconic Batman villains. And if you probably say Joker is the most iconic Batman villain uh, ever. Stiltman. But continue. Connor's not here. That's true. He can't talk Batman. He's somewhere <laughs> Someone screaming else. at me that uh, I don't know. No, like, ba- I've not brought up Batman enough. Batman, that's... Um, he was... He, he's the real nice guy, right? Yeah, Everyone loves him? Yeah. Gotham's hero? He loves guns. Loves guns, Loves guns. He just... Why, why punch if you can shoot? That's, That's what I always say. Batman. <laughs> Batman forever. <laughs> that was a gr- That was the best Batman, actually. It was Batman forever. <laughs> best version of Batman and Two-Face. Yeah, and the best the- version of Batman's suit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just give me no neck movement. <laughs> um, but uh, of James Gunn, uh, Joel Kinnaman said, he's an incredible guy. He's written a fantastic script. It's so funny. I feel like I'm shooting my first comedy. There are a lot of really, really funny people there. It's like a learning experience. I'm around a lot of incredible, funny people. I'm really glad that the set is a lot more fun this time. <laughs> yeah, because it's apparently a nightmare on the last Oh, one. yeah. No, like, I've heard that the set was terrible and they really hated being there sometimes. Apart from, uh, like, a uh, few of the actors went off and got tattoos and had a great time. They did yeah. not invite one particular actor. Oh, a certain, a certain man named Jared Leto. No? <laughs> That's the one. It's Jared Leto, Leto news, everyone. So, we talked last week about how Jared Leto wanted to shut down the... The Joker the, film. The Joaquin yeah. Phoenix uh, Todd Phillips' Joker movie. Mm-hmm. And so he threw a tantrum and told everyone that he had won Oscars and had a very successful band. I've not heard a single thing about Jared Leto that makes me like him. No, not at all. I like, I just, I really, you know when you hear something and you kind of feel like, oh, they were terrible on set. And you're just kind of like, maybe they had a shit time or maybe, you know, this wasn't working. There's not a single thing about Jared Leto that makes me like him. No. And that's really terrible from an acting standpoint because that means that fans are not engaging and not want to stand with that person. Yeah, because he sent a load of weird stuff on the Suicide Squad. Suicide Mm. Squad set. Mm -hmm. Very difficult for me to say. And also, you heard about the Blade Runner thing? Uh, Was that his character was blind, so he wore contact lenses to make him blind and demanded someone walk him around set for the duration of filming. Um, <laughs> Go in on Jared Leto We I, don't use his real name So we're not culpable for anything I'm so glad that media law like, <laughs> um, that, 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 that saved me That saved you um, I have no problem with people who do method acting um, uh, Daniel Day-Lewis Daniel Day-Lewis is a like a great example of it And there's many character actors that do it And I, you know what If that gets you into the zone And you can deliver a performance using your method. Great. What Jared Leto was doing is not method acting. What he was doing was perverse. So he wasn't just, I'm becoming a character and I'm being insular and create and be thinking like this character, which is what method acting is. You you do these kind of things, you become this character so, so much that you become that character. Yeah. Jared Leto was basically just 
like making other people uncomfortable and making uh and kind of messing with other people to kind of a perverse degree yeah and to the point where you at the point where people are saying stop and you don't stop that's Mm. when you stop being an actor and start being a dickhead yeah i think that it just kind of went beyond a line of oh okay so you wanted you like the famous, I believe it's Orson Welles who who had a kind of a go at method actors being like, so they were running up and down, like running a marathon so that they could act like they ran a marathon. And he just said, well, I just intend to act. Yeah. And that's, it's the quote I always bring up. I forget who said it, but if you're playing a butcher and you go to a butcher for two years and learn how to be a butcher so you can act like a butcher, you're not an actor. You're a butcher. I believe that's John Richardson. Yes, I think yeah. it is. Like, it's he went be he went it's so far in the other direction from acting that he just he ruined himself in my eyes. Yeah, I just I just think that it like this industry that he's in, it's so much about who you are as a person, not just your acting and your work. You know, celebrity has become, for better or worse, a popularity contest. You yeah. Know, if like if people like Will Smith and they think he's charismatic and they think he's cool, you know, then they're more likely to go see his films. And you know, even if something is a bit shit, like Gemini Man, people that are really good, like fans of Will Smith, they're gonna go see it. They're gonna. Like, and, yeah, people won't hold it against him. No? Like, like The Rock has been in some awful shit. But, oh, sorry, we have beef with The Rock on this podcast. <laughs> We've just decided it's the best way to get listens. But, like, The Rock is, in every way that he presents himself on social media, he is a lovely, lovely yeah, man. Same with Terry Crews. Yes, yes, so, yes, yes. If, like, it's nice to be nice. If Terry Crews was the leading man in a film, I'd go see it no matter what it was. Because I want good things for Terry Crews. The Dave Batista effect. No, oh, I would support Dave Batista. <laughs> like, that's what, like... Because they're just, they're nice, good people. They're doing their work and they don't take themselves too seriously. And I think that's what Jared Leto needs to remember. Because this is the Jared Leto rumour of the week. Is that, you actually told me about this. Yeah. And there's a rumour that Jared Leto will be in Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. But take this with a grain of salt because it's a leak from 4chan. Um, and no, nothing is confirmed. No, not at all. And uh, sometimes leaks from 4chan are very reliable and they are they, what they are, but other times, they, you know... They can be calculated just to see how far it'll go. Yeah, of course. And it's, it seems like the type of leak that would, you know, g- gain traction. Yeah, exactly. But uh, there's a rumour that he will play a character called Nightmare. Mm-hmm. And Nightmare is, in, is interesting because it's just obscure enough to have a grain of truth to it. Mm-hmm. Because Nightmare is the enemy of a character called Sleepwalker, who we covered on Hero or Zero one time. And he is he's from another dimension. It, that dimension has its own rules and laws. But it's also, it's as the other dimensions go, it's fairly grounded in how it operates. So to cover that in film would be a logical kind of step. But... I can I can see Jared Leto doing it. I I have doubts, not because I, I don't think it's a you know it could it's a very capable kind of character, um, and it the character could be in it. I don't think that Marvel would put Jared Leto in 
its new films because of the controversy that he brought on DC. I think he's too hot like with controversy. And Marvel has been Marvel are now with Disney. Yeah. And Disney are very very careful about who they bring on. They did not want Robert Downey Jr. at all involved in Iron Man. They had to push for that. And like Robert Downey Jr. He had his problems a long time ago, and he's really cleaned up his act. Absolutely, you know, he's a really become a success story, um, to kind of to anybody. Um, but I don't think they would want Jared Leto to be a part of their uh, film because of the controversies that he brings. Is he a great actor? Yes, yeah, we'll say undeniably so. But from from the Oscars that he that he's brought, and it like he's been acting since Fight Club, or even before that. The first film I saw him ever in was Fight Club. Was American Psycho before that? I don't know. I just remember he got stabbed in the head with a nice pick. Great time for all. <laughs> but like you're right though about Disney maybe not wanting to touch such a volatile property because they dropped James Gunn in a fucking instant. They did, yeah, they did for and- arguably much less. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, I just, and there's talk that they might be trying to get rid of Jeremy Renner, you know. Yeah. Oh. We, we probably won't talk about it until we know a little bit more about that. No, yeah. Like, the the only rumours we're talking about are whether Jared Leto is playing a weird character. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's as far as we go here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not breaking anything. But it's, also, he's playing Morbius in Morbius the Living Vampire, the Sony Spider-Verse yeah. uh, property. So I don't know what the contracts are like regarding that. Yeah, either. I just, I don't see it kind of happening. I don't know. But like, you know, I'm free to eat my words. Nothing will happen if I'm wrong. That's Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. It, ultimately, none of this matters. No, no, no. This is all pointless jibber jabber. We are just filling the void <laughs> in, in all of our existences. Oh boy, let's... Keep going. Also, uh, just uh, we mentioned James Gunn. He had a pumpkin carving session with a bunch of cast members from Marvel and DC. James Gunn is the friend that unites us all. He brings us over from over the picket line. And Sean Gunn is also there. Sean Gunn is ex- is he still in the mocap suit? Yeah, he does. He, he won't get out of the yeah, suit. He won't get out of the suit. <laughs> he He's pretending to be a raccoon. He feels comfy in the suit. We we just let him in the suit. Uh, moving on to. Look, this is news, and every time it comes up, me and Connor before the show say, I don't care, but we have to talk about it. And this is Bond 25 news. Great. Because after more than a year of creative issues and production hell, the end is almost in sight for the James Bond feature, No Time to Die. And it's it's also, the end is nearly in sight for Daniel Craig, who hates this series with a passion. Completion on principal photography was recently announced through social media posts uh, featuring actor Daniel Craig and director Kari Joji Fukunaga on the set of the upcoming fil- film, both dressed for a cold winter. Now, there's a little bit of a hint. There's winter in Bond <laughs> films. Winter, now canon. Indeed, <laughs> winter confirmed. Uh, the, they also said in the caption, see you in cinemas April 2020. So basically, a film that we all knew was being filmed has finished filming. Yes, but we like to shit on James Bond here. Fair In enough. this house, we support Dave Batista and shit, shit on, on James, James Bond. Bond. Uh, the film was originally planned for release on November 8th, 2019. Well, that's not happening. <laughs> I hold out hope. 
<laughs> and, and then again, it was pushed back to February of 2020 after Danny Boyle left the project. And I was halfway excited for this film when Danny you Boyle was on board. You do love Danny Boyle. I love a Danny Boyle yeah. joint. Yeah, you loved the 2012 Olympics. Oh, the, when the Queen said, hello, Mr... No, good evening, Mr. Bond. Yep. And then jumped out with a helicopter. Improv. <laughs> she was meant to walk out of that helicopter, but she said, no. <laughs> Lizzie too. Madam at Improv. Um, Craig has starred in the past four James Bond movies. And he has said in the past, in recent interviews that No Time to Die will see his last performance as the British secret agent. Unless there's more money. Uh, yeah, because he was out after Skyfall. Yeah. And then... And then more money. More money came his way, somehow. <laughs> maybe through a studio. And then he came back for Spectre, which I didn't see. But apparently was fine. Mm-hmm. Skyfall was quite good. Skyfall was good. It was actually quite a good ending. It was a quite... It would have been a great yeah, one to go nice, out on. It was a nice little ending, yeah. But this... Arla, there's no time to die. <laughs> That's the movie. I've not read much of the Ian Fleming books. Or like, is No Time to Die still one of the novels that he wrote? I don't know. Uh, it was... There was something like it. Like, or a, a rough time to die. A tough time to die or something like that. Was yeah. Young James Bond, those books? I used to be into those as a kid. Mm-hmm. Because uh, it was just him in... He went to Eton. Well, yeah, because it's based off Ian Fleming. Yeah. yeah. And it was him like getting into scrapes in school and hiding little gadgets in his coattails and things like that. I really enjoyed it. I wanted to wear a blazer. <laughs> but then I remembered who I am. Yeah. Um, but also, in other Bond-related news, is that uh, Academy Award nominee and No Time to Die star Naomi Harris confirmed that she and the Moonlight director, Barry Jenkins, are interested in making a 007 spin-off centred around the character of Moneypenny. Well, that'll be good. It'll be very gripping if it's, you know, the director of Moonlight. Yeah. Yeah. That's a better name. Like, probably a better name than a Danny Boyle, James Bond film, in terms of... Well, it'll be unexpected. Yeah, in yeah, in terms of something we haven't seen before mm. in a Bond movie. And also, the, like in an interview in Good Morning America, uh, the British actress who's promoting her film, her film Black and Blue, confirmed that they want to make it a badass, kick-ass action thing with Money Penny, and that she's also on board. Uh, she revealed that the idea had been brought to franchise producer, and this is the best name I've ever fucking heard in my life, Barbara Broccoli. That sounds like a fake name. I don't think this movie's happening. First of all, she didn't say it was a movie. She said it was a thing. And then she picked it to Barbara Broccoli. Was there broccoli on the table? Because this could just be a series of cereals. Oh my God. She's launching a Money Penny cereal. Yeah, why not? She just said a badass, kick-ass action thing. That could just be a like an action figure with extendable kung fu grip. Oh, that would be amazing. Or, hear me out here, what's that Richard Madden show on Netflix that I keep threatening to watch? <laughs> a bodyguard. Bodyguard? Imagine that, but with Money Penny kicking ass. <laughs> and taking names. Taking names, being badass and having an action thing. I, I, like, maybe in a, a mini-series. I don't know who owns James Bond at the minute. Yeah. Because it's, everything's up in the air. Um, but also, uh, conversation online immediately turned to female Bond movie. Or female James Bond for the next Bond. Mm. Jamie Bond. But James, like, 
A lot of people say James Bond is just a code name. It just travels. Yeah. So you just say Ms. Bond. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be pretty cool. Eh. I would say. I don't care about James Bond, though. Me neither. So why are we talking about this? Because uh, it's on your little sheet. On oh, my little sheet. On oh, my little tablet, I'll have you know. Yeah. I'm doing quite well, everyone. <laughs> uh, moving on to someone who has also done quite well in the past. And probably the future. Martin Scorsese. I saw it on the oh, tablet. The, the tablet has too large a font. <laughs> she can see it from across the room. That's right, we're sitting across the room from each other. <laughs> on one microphone. Deal with that. Um, so if you remember, last week, uh, director Martin Scorsese... Yeah, it was all anyone would talk about. <laughs> yeah, because... I, like... I know I'm in that echo chamber where anything that mentions comic book movie yeah. is just pushed to me. Yeah. So I read this story about four times. But uh, the, Martin Scorsese referred to comic book movies as theme park movies. That they're just, they're a big attraction and a big show. But like, you know, I think it was Kevin Smith that had a really good point. And I'm going to be really annoyed if it's not Kevin Smith and um, then I've, I've misquoted but he said that, like, most films, if you go back... My granddad was very, very into Westerns. Right. You know, he loved his, like, his John Waynes. And, you know, they were the theme park. They were, like, critics hated those. They were like, oh, they're just these Westerns. And then, you know, space movies started coming out. And then everyone was like, oh, these space blockbusters. They're all shit and drivel and then you know after it's a direct quote from Francis Ford Coppola that's Ebert (laughs) that's Ebert yeah that's Roger Ebert shit and drivel shit and drivel um I'm off to review Pokemon (laughs) um but it's the next the previous generation always hates what the next generation is doing like it just you know it's always oh our art is terrible now and kids have no manners like that's you know, kids never had manners. Yeah, and art is subjective. Yep, it's always just like what I created was much better than what you created. Uh, your work is derivative of mine, and mine was shit to begin with. <laughs> Wait, what, Martin? Please. You know. Well, Martin Scorsese wanted to direct Joker as well. Yeah. So I don't think he has a problem with. I think he has a problem with. Um, could have blockbuster. You probably wouldn't have had a problem with, say, Logan or something like that. That's more auteur and more kind of genre Yeah. But you know what? Martin Scorsese, isn't he, isn't, he's in his 70s now. He's 72, I believe. Yeah, he's an older man. But I think... Fuck it. Let him not like it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Like, I, it literally, let him not like it. I love comic book mo- movies. I probably always will love comic book movies until they're shit. Until that bubble bursts. Until that bubble bursts, you know. And then I'm out of a <laughs> podcast, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, because I've loved comic books all my life. Like, that's how it is. I would, it would kind of hurt me a little bit that if I'm queuing up for the next Hulk film, you know, in the next... 10 years mm-hmm. and there's Martin Scorsese with his Hulk foam fists behind me going oh I just can't wait <laughs> going it's clobbering time it's and you're no it's like you know I, I don't imagine that he sits down and is like oh I can't wait until we see a iteration of Planet Hulk yeah I, I love that and you're like I, you know fine yeah and it seems like a lot of the people just read the headline 
and, and and the headline was Martin Scorsese hates comic book movies. But what he said is that the tentpole films, the big comic book films, they're theme park movies, as well done as many of them are at all levels. It's a different cinema form or a new art form entirely. We're hoping there are theatres that show the films that are not that, and that if they're going, if they're not going to show it, that filmmakers still have an opportunity with streaming. It changes the experience, but otherwise, in two to three years now, it's not being done. A good filmmaker comes in from Italy or France, the film has to be a franchise or they won't do it anymore. I think that's actually kind of a fair point. I do think there's a lot of franchise films, and we have had a problem. You can't say that you ha- you hate the fact that everything is a remake or a sequel, and then disagree with what Martin Scorsese is saying. Like, he is saying that everyone wants a franchise to if, for studios to touch your film. They want something that's a sure thing. They don't want auteur films. They don't want kind of genre-defining. They don't want anything a bit crazy and a bit mental. Yeah. And you know what? Like, he's probably right. Do I love comic book films? Yeah. And I think they're great. And I think they're getting better. And they are getting better. Because like, they've deviated if, from the Marvel yeah, formula. But I bet you he's just, he, like, he's got a film coming out, Irishman, yeah. in, on Netflix, talking about streaming. Probably but, what it was originally talking about, being like, I'm glad that there's streaming services because films aren't being shown in cinemas, yeah. uh, apart from big blockbusters. And we've all kind of just jumped on it and been like, Martin Scorsese is wrong and old and knows nothing. Yeah, he doesn't like the thing I like. Martin Scorsese was part of the Rat Pack, like, which were... Uh, kind of a group of auteurs that created films that were not like what was being created at the time. Yeah. Martin Scorsese, for a lot of people, made the shit that they like. Yeah. And now, like, and he's not saying that they're worthless. He's saying they're very well done. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he's seen Joker. Yeah. And, well... Robert De Niro's in it. Yeah. And he's they're good friends. <laughs> they're always together. <laughs> but it's a, it, it's a weird thing that everyone... Just jumped on him for not liking something. Because you're allowed to not like things. Yeah. Excellent. Now, speaking of not liking things... <laughs> I knew this was coming. <laughs> oh, sorry. Speaking of auteur character-driven films... Uh, well, George Lucas was also in that uh, brought back to the Oh, time. he was? Yep. Well, he's not in it anymore. It's Star Wars 9! Star Wars 9. Christ. Yeah. yeah. And that's just, like, main series. <sighs> not even including the extras. Okay. Let's go. Okay. Star Wars got a new trailer. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, has gotten a new trailer. Yep. We are going to discuss that trailer. To what extent? We're not quite sure yet. But we've seen it. Second by second. Play along. Frame by frame. Everyone get out your zooms. Yep. And get that little dial on click. Um, I don't know about you. I got very... uh, Return of the Jedi vibes from this trailer. Yeah, but like that's the point. Is it? They're all the all the sequel tree kind of. They like mirror the original, you know. Like they always mirror another film. Yeah, they 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 pay homage. They pay homage. Yes. Yes. Um, So this is following on from we've seen we've had uh, darker trailers in the past. I feel. With we've seen Dark Ray and we've seen just that we've heard the weird Emperor laugh. Palpatine, Palpatine. Senator, Palpatine. Senator, yeah. Pal- not my Senator. <laughs> but I this one seemed more rompy, adventurous, until a weird bit with C three PO. But we'll get to that. Yeah, 
Also, C-3PO doesn't know those people. He's not He's a pretty like, movies. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm taking one last look at my friends. Just at R2 and Chewie. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Um, what do you think Ray is running from? Or two? Her past. Her future. No one knows her. No one knows her. Her family are garbage people. Trash people. <laughs> they sold you for drinking they money. They sold you for drinking money. Do you think they're going to change that in this movie? I really hope they don't, because that actually was... I quite enjoyed that. It reminded me a little bit of Dennis from Always Sunny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were filthy trash people. <laughs> Do you bitch? <laughs> you, you big can, bird. You can just kind of imagine him saying that. Like, uh, <laughs> Your parents were nobody. Filthy trash. I people. am a golden god. Exactly. And you know what? There is kind of a weird emphasis on you, eugenics in a lot of films like that. That you, your parents have to be special for you to be special. Yeah. No. Why can't she come from filthy trash people? We all some... came from filthy trash people. Uh, I came from. I'm. Oh, I'm. A, I'm a Kenobi. <laughs> no, let's be honest. I'd be a whatever the fuck Jabba is. <laughs> a hut. Yeah, I'd be him. But like you know, that's everyone. You know, you don't have to be special by birth. No, and I suppose it is good to have because like, every all the problems were caused by the Skywalkers. Yeah. So why not just clean slate? Well, like again, it's just Star Wars isn't a isn't a film about all these things happening in the universe. It's basically one family and their drama. Yeah, it's basically Jeremy Kyle with a budget. Jeremy Kyle has an amazing budget. It doesn't anymore. Oh God! What if instead of Star Wars, it was just an episode? It was of just Jeremy Kyle? yeah. It's just you know, chanted for DNA. Who's the father? Yeah, dude. I got um. Forest Moon of Endor vibes from all the foresty. Usually, I was reading about this. Uh, anytime there's a forest, it symbolizes the resistance, mm-hmm. and any harsh climate is the the first order in this case, or the Sith. It was in previous movies because you know life and shit like that. Yeah, I, I think it also to be, because they can't have another sandy planet. But they do. Yeah. It's like, well, this one's Tatooine. We're, and, like, this one is... Jakku. Yeah. This, this, one, this one is apparently a whole new one. Yeah. It's another quarry in Wales. Oh, thanks, Wales. Uh, but we see what looks like a bit of pod racing going on. Everyone's favourite part of the prequels. The video game Star Wars Pod Racing. <laughs> It was actually class. Everyone should look it up. I actually really like the Lego Star Wars games. They're pretty if good. If we're going to go with best Star Wars related fr- like media for me, it's the Lego Star Wars game. <gasps> really? I- yeah, I'm ready to go to bat for that. Uh, I, well, I had a Star Wars plug and play TV game. You had a Star Wars everything. I, <laughs> I was a Star Wars kid. I'm I, like A part of me still is. I dip in, I've said this before, I dip in and out. Every couple of months, just to see what's going on. See, I listen to the podcast, and every now and then you say, "Oh, I don't really know much about Star Wars," but in this version of the extended universe, in these graphic <laughs> novels that are really rare to get that you, I've only read one. Like you're just like you, you, you like Star Wars. I do, but I don't like what they're doing. You and every other Star Wars fan. No, it's... I'm different and special. <laughs> I'm different. No, um, I don't know this. I'm not. I'm still not sure where this story is going. I don't see an end goal. Blow up another Death Star. I hope it blows up. Oh, what if it's forty times bigger? What if it just like they just fail? 
Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't that be great if the bad guys won? It just, yeah. It's going around just one and Donald Gleeson standing up there going, I don't know what to do now. We didn't think this would happen. And Donald Gleeson is the one man left in in control of the force and that's how it's balanced. Because he's the most balanced man in the universe. Perfectly symmetrical face. We'll support a Gleeson. We will support a Gleeson. No, like, I'm, I'm just not entirely sure what the end goal is. Like, I get they'll blow it up, they'll try and defeat the bad guys, but I I don't know how to resolve the conflict. Because it was resolved, by all accounts. And then they fucked it. Uh, Palpatine's probably going to come back. That's another thing. That's, yeah. How does Palpatine come back? Because midichlorians. Probably. Mm. Some midichlorians That's somewhere. How, okay. Yeah. That's how Anakin was born. Yep. So. That big genius is metaphor. Yeah, you know, virgin birth, midichlorians. Slaughter of younglings. <laughs> the younglings. That bit in the Bible, yeah. Yeah. Also, great bit of Star Wars media was Star Wars Revenge of the Sith on PS2, because instead of cutscenes, they just played fucking clips from the movie. Fair enough. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, I Yeah. The Emperor could have come back through some weird cloning thing. He could be a force ghost, but Siths can't really be force ghosts. They can. <laughs> like, How about they do? <laughs> like the thing is, I like a lot of people just be like, you know, they, like in this form of media in the Clone Wars animated series, this isn't ha- possible. It's like, yeah, but maybe they can. <laughs> They'll do what they want. Let's be honest. Yeah, there's a lot of money in Star Wars. Maybe they just do. <laughs> what do you think is going to be the new fluffy thing in Star Wars? Because it can't be Ewoks. Can't be Ewoks. Can't, can't be, be Porgs. Porgs, which are puffins. Yeah. Yeah. And I love puffins. You do love I've a puffin. I've been to Ske- Skellig Michael where they filmed those scenes. Did you go after Star Wars? No, I did. I went as a child. You know, ah. it's a puffin heritage site. There's a lot of puffins. Puffins look a bit alien. They do. They're yeah, mental. I can see why they were like, we need to just replace these with aliens because they look a bit alien. I think they're great. Yeah, they're really good. I think they're neat. As Sorry, well. we're going on a puffin rant. No, <laughs> let's let, let's go in on this. Um, no, I am. I don't know. I didn't see anything cute and fluffy yet, so that'll be that'll be the big thing. Yeah, we see, like there's a weird stampede or charge on horseback. It's it's odd. It's like the, they won't be just regular horses. Wouldn't that be amazing? Wouldn't it? Just a regular <laughs> horse. <laughs> that would be amazing. And everyone's really freaked out by it. Yeah, like ah, don't... the horses of Jakku, <laughs> and they're just. Horses. There's a regular horse, but everyone's they like, don't. run out of money and they're just horses now. <laughs> Not even painted, no yeah. decorations on them. Yeah. Just a horse. Yeah. Well, like, oh, that's why, like, a load of aliens look human. Horses are just one of those things. Other aliens just look like horses. Yeah, it's it's the perfect evolution. Yeah. It's the perfect balance of speed and power. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm putting a bold claim out here. They're going to go to Cloud City in this. Okay. I think I saw Cloud City in there. And maybe Lando needs to take it back because we see Billy Dee giving a rousing speech. I'm all for that. I'm all for Billy Dee Williams. Is, 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 do you think there'll be more of a focus on him in this film? Um, well, I know originally that this was meant to be the film for the like great Carrie Fisher. Yeah. So the... the the, the way it worked was the sequels, there was meant to be three. 
One would focus on Han Solo, one would focus on Luke Skywalker, and one would focus on Leia Organa. Yeah. That was the way it was meant to be. Now, they probably have had to change that after the passing of uh, Carrie Fisher. We do see her in the trailer. That looks That's reused footage, by the way, and that yeah. looks stellar. It looks, it looks really good. Um, you know, um, so the, it, they are meant to be kind of mirrors of these two characters and... So they might focus a lot on Lando as he is a character from the originals that's, you know, still alive in ca- in canon, like in canon, you know. Yeah. And he, it's, he is the old guard in a way. Yeah, yeah. And if there's, like, if there's one torch left to pass on, it's Lando. Like, Lando has control of the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. It's him and Chewie. So I can see him passing that torch to maybe Rey. Because yeah. all she wants to do now is fly around, really. Yeah, but she's got some Jediing to do. She's got some Jediing. She's got to fight a very wide boy on a very wet barge. He seemed so wet. He was. He looked. I. I. He looked very wet and sad. He always looks wet and sad. I know, but I just felt it. Do, it doesn't speak great that I immediately when I saw the leader of the Sith army, I went, "Oh, look at the towel." <laughs> Did they, like, pretty him up for this? Because he used to have a scar, and I didn't yeah. see the scar at all. They, like, one of his surgery droids probably just fixed yeah, him Yeah, got in that weird tank. Yeah. It's called a back-to-tank. I know what it's called. I was trying to pretend I didn't. I know. I'm a nurse. You're on the right place. I'm still not really welcome here. Someone, someone floated a theory once that uh, Kylo Ren and Rey were going to switch places. In terms of Kylo will go back to the light and Rey would turn to darkness. I think it might be more of a meet in the middle situation. Yeah. Like, probably. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? They all know what they want to do. Uh, C-3PO looks like he's going to die. I don't think that's the case, though. I think he's going to put his consciousness into the Millennium Falcon so he can fire guns real good. I think if they can make another toy. I'm very cynical about Star Wars. In a way that I'm not about Marvel or DC. I'm like, they'd probably, you know, make another toy. Yeah, see Trippio wired up to something. He'll, he'll get another arm. So oh. that they could sell him with the red arm and the gold arm and the black arm. And a gun and the arm. No arm. And the gun arm. And, and two the, gun yeah, arms. Like, yeah. And he's all made of guns. I'm probably really pissing off some Star Wars fans. Hmm. They're used to it. <laughs> They're used to a woman coming in and ruining the thing that they love. Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> no, like... I've I've said it. I I don't mind it. It's grand. It's fine. I like it more than James Bond. Fuck you, James Bond fans. Um, and that's those are my thoughts on the Star Wars trailer. I'm I will see it. We see the Star Wars movies we do, yeah. every Christmas when they come out, just because it's what you do. Okay, we're going to move on to a segment we don't do every week. But do you have a weekly recommend for this week after we play the jingle? Um, I'm going to recommend BoJack Horseman Season 6, the final season, Part 1. Okay. Yeah, that just came out uh, this week, came, and Part 1 of it has been released, and Part 2 of it is going to be released in January. So not long to wait. Not long to wait, and that's the final part of BoJack Horseman. If you haven't started watching BoJack Horseman, I encourage you to do it, Um I, th- I think this is one of my least favourite cliches about telling anybody to watch it or anything, but push through the first half of season one and you'll realise that you're in for something very, very special. Okay. Oh, that's that's cryptic. 
We've got a we've got a Will Arnett and an Aaron Paul in there as well. Yeah, they are. They're doing. Uh, I think it's one Will Arnett's best work. After after his role as Joe Bluth, of course. It's very different to Joe Bluth. <laughs> oh no! Um, my recommendation for this week is oh boy, I'm going to recommend something really old again because it's just it's what I do. Uh, Spider Man PS4. I've been playing it more. It's really good. I really like Spider Man. And it's, oh, it's such a good game. If you haven't played it, you should play it. If you have played it, just roam around in New York for a while. I think it'd be real fun. But I think that's going to about do it for this week. Thank you all very much for listening. You can follow us on Facebook, Heroes for Hire Podcast, Instagram, Heroes for Hire Podcast, Twitter at Heroes for Hire Pod, the four is the number four, or you can email us, Heroes for Hire underscore at Outlook.com. Um, if you would like to support the show, uh, the best way you can do that is by telling one human being that we exist. Um, and if you're listening on iTunes, maybe give us a rating and help push us up the ranks a bit. But other than that, I think we're good. I've been Sean Mean. I've been Orla Smith, and thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Yeah. Thank you for coming. And Connor will be back on Wednesday. Full stop. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.